0: Howdy! This is the Pierce Parnell podcast, and this is your host Pierce Parnell. Today, I have a guest with me that, from day one when I met this guy, I was like, "Yeah, we need to get him on the podcast because he's got stories." <laughs> and unfortunately, I don't think today's session is going to be able to capture them all, but I do want to
1: capture as many as we
0: can. So, Brandon, introduce yourself. Give us a fun fact about yourself.
1: Hey, I'm I'm uh, Brandon Uh Excited to be on the Pierce Parnell podcast. Uh, Fun fact about myself: I'm Anything a, goes, man. I'm a proud owner of over seven hundred Aloha shirts. Seven hundred Aloha shirts, it's okay? Because man, it's <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's a it's a lifestyle. I feel like I've only seen four of them though. A, I saw one of them twice. It's true. I do have a couple of favorites that I will recycle, but especially during Christmas time, I have enough okay, Christmas appreciate. Aloha shirts that I can wear three a day from Thanksgiving to January fourth and not repeat.
0: Okay nice I got my first ones not that it matters but I got my first ones when I was in California um, from a friend and uh, I think it was like he gave me like eight shirts nice I was like yes and I felt so hippie afterwards because with the long hair and those shirts I was like yeah we're rocking now
1: well you know an Aloha shirt says a lot about a guy Uh, you gotta have confidence because I mean they're not form fitting they're not they're not there to make you look good it's about comfort and sending a message good vibes Good times, good life. And I guess that's why I'd be called an Aloha shirt. Yes,
0: sir. I like I like the term Aloha because you don't know if it means hello or goodbye when you're saying it. So you're just like, Aloha, walk away, then you get the message. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite things about being a Hawaiian. All right. So we're going to try and get as much of your story as we can in one sit down. Um, I imagine there will probably be multiple parts to this, but there's at least going to be this part. All right. And I'd ask you, what... Let's start at your
1: earliest memory. What is your earliest memory? Oh, man. Earliest memory. I was in a, a 40-foot camper in the back of it while I was being driven with my mom and my grandma. And I remember the fridge swinging open and a gallon of milk sliding out and busting open. And we were on our way to a place. Gosh, it was at Raccoon State Park in Indiana.
0: Indiana. Yes, sir. So where, where were
1: you born? Oh, man. I was hatched. I was hatched. Indiana I'm a I'm a corn fed boy all right well that explains some of the size yep yep uh six foot five man six foot five growing big in the midwest but uh nope I was born in crown point Indiana um my dad was uh a career military man I 30, 30 years as a marine um, him and my mom uh started out in indiana they 're both uh native Indians in who's your who's i don 't know what they 're called
0: indianians uh,
1: <laughs> uh, <coughs> we left when i was uh, nine months old relocated to california it was my mom 's dream uh, and then when the military moved my dad to California, her dream was realized um, and yeah we uh we were moved all around Southern California for the next eh, 15, 20 years? Nice. nice. My mom and dad split up in, well, geez, 1984. And okay. uh, my mom spent the next 40 years with my, my stepdad, a wonderful, wonderful man by the name of Brad, whom I love and adore. And, uh, but he was also career military, 30-year Marine. Uh, so uh, kind of didn't really change much, per okay.
0: se. So you got a lot of military background in your family. Did you ever consider going?
1: Uh, I did because that's what you do. Uh, every generation of my family, both my dad and stepdad always served. Um, I was the first one not to actually, uh, felt a little poorly about that. It's kind of hung over my head. I did real good on my ASVAB test. Uh, but both my dad and my stepdad took the time to talk to me and say, son, we don't feel the military is for you. Uh, I was a bit too, uh, individualistic. Okay. And uh, they made sure that I understood that, hey, you know, what makes you, you, what we love the most about you, the military will break down and take away. Uh, and so they they definitely recommended that I, I not, not join up. I'm, I'm glad they saw that. Yeah, I, I, I appreciate that insight. Um, but, you know, uh, growing up in a family that's all about brotherhood, you know, because yeah. it's, you know, the people you hang out with, it's your unit, it's this, it's that, and then to not have that when you like grow up that it became very important to me in my twenties and thirties to have my own unit of friends, people that you could rely on. You call me at three o'clock in the morning. I I don't care what I'm doing. I'm at a club. I'm in bed. I'm at work. You need someone to come get you. I'll go get you. You know, you got to have that squadron people that you can rely on in your life that no matter what you show up.
0: See, there's, and this is not a slam. Well, okay, maybe it kind of is to the Christian community a little bit. Um, back in Texas, I had a tough time making friends all my growing up. And the majority of the problems for that was definitely me. But the other half of the problems was because of the communities I was in. They were all Christian-based type of thing. And there's not, there's nothing wrong necessarily with Christians. Just like, there's nothing wrong with, you know... Catholics. It's usually the person. It's something wrong with the persons. So, but there are some of them to where like if you're, I don't know, lukewarm in comparison to what they consider not lukewarm, then all of a sudden you're a project. You're not a friend. And if you're a project, they only work when they want to work. So you can't call them and get the help you actually need. And you don't have these real friends. You have these people that seem like they'll be real friends till you need them. Mm-hmm. And so when I meet people like you, which I've met only, I think, a total of three people like you, including you, oh, Thank you. and uh, whenever I meet people like you, I'm like, dang, what, what happened to people like this? So not too related to the story, but what, what advice would you give to people on how to be a good and better friend?
1: Because we need that. Oh wow, being a good and better friend, man. I don't think there is a, I, I don't think there's a, a general thing that you can just put out there. Well, what's being a good friend look like? Well, you you, you listen when you need to listen. You help when you need to help. Yeah. Um, be there if someone needs you. But it, it's not just that, right? It's a case by case basis. What it takes it's to be a, for me to be a good friend to Pierce could be a completely different story of what it takes to be a good friend to Zach. You know, everybody, yeah, yeah. You, you have to, man, you have to like people. I want to start off with that to be a yeah. good trip. <laughs> And you have to be somewhat empathetic, in my opinion, mm-hmm. because you have to, in a way, love your friends no matter what, right? And so, yeah. and then with that empathy is being able to understand what they need or to the best of your ability what you think that they may need and then not be preachy about it. Hey, in my opinion, this is kind of what I'm seeing. My goal is never to be like I, I don't need to be right. I just wanna I want someone to be right. Yeah. Hey, based on my life experiences, I'm gonna tell you this, but here's here's where I think you might benefit from this. Yeah. That's good.
0: That's good. From what I'm hearing is pay attention to the people you're with make sure you actually want to be friends with them and be the friend they need.
1: Well, what is it everyone always says? Like, you know, in your teens and your 20s, you could have dozens of friends in your circle group. And in your your 30s, you might have a dozen in your friend group. Um, I was fortunate, perhaps. Um, I always had a very large friend group. I just, I like people. I liked doing stuff. And the, there was like a, a bug to a light draw you meet someone new and you you draw in all that's them and you know them there's for me it was very fulfilling i just had a lot of friends but then um you know i moved from texas where i lived there for in in relatively the same area for about 16 years so i had a huge work family friend family socializing family group and then i moved to colorado just stone cold wanted to make some changes in my life my health um and I was tired to come to Colorado on vacation I just wanted to live where I vacationed yeah. And so I ended like up that. here like And uh, I went from working in a, a warehouse To being a 100% remote employee oh, wow. And boy has that changed me <laughs> I want to be remote I'm working on being remote I'd love that if you're any sort of people person, good golly, being remote is difficult. Um, I went from the world's, I felt like the world's largest and best friend group to, you know, I have just a couple of super solid people in my life, which I definitely appreciate. Yeah. Um, and, and of course, you know, other you know factors have changed. I've become a father and, you know, things change. But I value my few solid friends just as much as I valued that large group. It's Everything that you do now is with a lot more intention. And so it's like, hey, I don't get to go out very often. So when you're out, you're very present. You're not on your phone. You're not texting. You're not, you know, doing an Insta story. Look at me. Look at me. You know, it's very, you're intentionally with these people. You want to spend time with them. It, it, It strengthens and deepens bonds that are already present.
0: Yeah. I like that. Okay. Let's pick up from Indiana.
1: Brothers. Brotherhood No military Where'd you go from there? Well shoot uh, So I was a Southern California boy Which makes a lot of difference So I was a Largely a beach kid But uh, Since we were military That's where the shirts from. Okay.
0: No 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 uh, No?
1: No sir um, I was getting
0: that vibe I was like You
1: didn't live in Hawaii Did you? No sir No? Okay So I'll, I'll, I'll We'll segue real quick on this Okay um, My mom's dream Was to go to Hawaii Absolutely okay. Wanted to go to Hawaii And, um, I started dating this wonderful girl named Marissa and, uh, we've been together for 10 years, uh, two kids, um, so many adventures are coming again, but, uh, we were not planning on having kids, didn't really know that we (laughs) could have kids and we were surprised, (laughs) blessed, however you would like to word it, uh, with, with one day she's pregnant. (laughs) So <laughs> what happens when you have that kind of fun <laughs> oh, Right, right But I mean, we've been together for seven years Having that kind of fun Okay, well, so, touche, touche So anyways, uh, you know, we were just We were well with our lot in life uh, We were dog pants. But anyways, um, so around the same time though My mom contracted cancer And mm. uh, she battled back from it And I told her, I was like, hey, as soon as you're through remission we're going to go on a trip to Hawaii together. You, me, Marissa, and, and the baby. We're, we're on a family trip. And my stepdad, of course. Yeah. We're going to do, go do a family trip. You're going to see Hawaii. Um, so she was a week away from being through remission when they found a spot. And okay. then it just spread through her like wildfire. And the trip um, ended up being just me and Marissa. And uh, it was pregnant Marissa. And so we were in Hawaii. Um, and I bought my first... I bought my first couple of Hawaiian shirts in Hawaii. Um, and I wore wore it when I went back to visit mom, uh, cause she was in hospice at that point and she loved it so much. And I, you know, we were all hoping, of course there'd be a miracle a scientific reversal. Just one day we wake up and the cancer's gone, but yeah. it, You know, at the end, it spread from her kidneys to her stomach, Mm. lungs. There was spots on the brain. Like, it just went through like, wildfire. So, anyways, um, my mom passed January 18th of 2020, um, three days after she got to hold her granddaughter. Um, And so, I have worn a Hawaiian shirt every single day since my mom's passing, uh, both to... Remember that nothing is promised to anyone, which sounds so trite because everyone talks about mm-hmm. that. But you know, what if I'd made the effort to take mom before she was well? She would have yeah. gotten you know that was that was something she wanted her whole life and never got. And so, never take things for granted. Another trite saying, but uh, never take people for granted. But no, uh, I, I wear Hawaiian shirts. Uh, for ninety nine percent of people, it's oh hey, I'm a fun aloha guy. This is my aesthetic, yeah. but but for like the people that wow,
0: there's so much behind an aloha shirt for you now yeah, it's uh, my mom dang.
1: my every time I put put aloha shirt on take it off that's my mom hugging me I I, I have my mom around me all day every day because I I miss her and I'm truly regretful that she never got to spend any time with her granddaughter who she would have adored or mm. she never even knew that she had a grandson so mm. Gosh, <sighs> so that is the the long and short of the aloha uh, it's not depressing I promise I uh just coming up on that time of year you yeah, know yeah. but uh i miss my mom i love my mom and uh hey today we got on um bigfoot aloha shirt he's surfing <laughs> he's killing I didn't it notice that he's killing so it
0: cool.
1: yeah uh so um anyways yeah that's uh that's the story behind the aloha but uh, now going back to the original question Which yeah. was uh, Where brother, after Indiana so California California grew up as the, the poor military kid In the rich California community So we'd okay. pull up in our 13 year old station wagon And we'd be behind a, a Lamborghini And have two Porsches behind us So definitely You know Always highlighted from an early age The haves or the have-nots. Okay. and the uh, have nots And you know all that it ever took was an accident of birth, right? To be on one side of the line or the other. And so from a young age, I was always aware that, hey, we're a, we're a, a military family. We're not destined for, you know, mega mansions, private jets. And uh, I wanted to work from an early age. And we, I always had a great work ethic. And so when my dad's talked to me about uh, not... Uh, joining the military, they're like, you know, you would do well in almost any career you put your mind to. You have this this work ethic that you've had since you were like five. I was always out there mowing lawns, doing something to bring money in, to help yeah. the family or, you know, hey, I want this toy, but it's out of our family's budget. Yeah. So I'd work to to get what I wanted. Uh, that I just learned that from a very young age. You have to, you should not expect anything to be given to you. You shouldn't be thinking that if I sit back it'll just show up at my doorstep right yeah. so you have to go yeah. out and, and get what you want and so I've done that all my life and then uh, I, I ended up at uh, Jack in a Box was my first job I was a friar boy friar boy <laughs> yes sir uh, when I interviewed for that job uh, I, I was wearing slacks and a white t-shirt and it was like a hundred degrees outside a t-shirt a white dress shirt uh, it was like a hundred degrees outside and I sit down in front of this guy he's like hey I'm Dan hey I'm Brandon he's like what do you want to do here I'm like, well, I'd I'd like a job. Um, he's like, what experience do you have? None, sir. He's like, well, what position do you think you're applying for? I'm like, I I think I should put it for manager. And he went, he sets down the, the, his notepad and he's like, really no experience. And you should be a manager. I'm like, I'm the perfect guy for it. I've got no bad habits to break. I've got no prior experience to taint this. I was like, I would be your perfect manager. You just train me the way you want and bam, ready out of the box. No pun
0: intended.
1: (laughs) (laughs) He looked at me. He's like, that's both genius and a terrible idea. He's like, son, you've never worked. So you don't have any idea about what experience means in life to the workplace. He's like, sure, I can train you to be the perfect manager, but you don't have anything to back it up. You don't have experience to color your decision making. You can't, it isn't just a, a recipe of. Oh, I make this and then this happens. He's like, there's, there's gradients. Yeah. He's like, and you'll learn that the more you work. He's like, but I do like you. That's pretty ballsy. Everyone else here just has to work the fryer. He's like, you're going to work the fryer. I'm like, okay. He's like, but instead of minimum wage, which was four I'm giving you an extra quarter just cause I think you're going to go places. So I started me at $4 and 50 cents.
0: Wow. That sounds insane nowadays. Cause it's like, I don't even know a kid that could buy a toy if they had that kind of money And that kind of job.
1: My first big boy wow, paycheck, wow. I worked 88 hours and after taxes, and this is in California, mind you. My, yeah. my paycheck, I was so excited. It was like I was a millionaire. It was $311. $311. For 88 hours of work. <laughs> So by the time I left Jacqueline Box, um, I was managing two stores at the same time. Uh, They had no staff. They gave me an impossible task. Uh, So I would literally work like 12 hours at one store, drive to the other store, sleep for two hours, work 12 hours, go back to the other store, sleep three hours, wake up, then go in. Uh, Somewhere in there, there was showers. Somewhere, <laughs> somewhere in there Now I, I was always a pretty hygienic individual okay. Like the shower I can do anything on, on no sleep you Just make sure I get a, a, a hot shower
0: Yeah get Hot shower, up.
1: like five minutes Okay, I can tackle anything And now that I'm older I sure do like a, a well-made coffee to go with that shower yeah. I can do anything But uh, you take away my shower and my coffee You ain't getting much He's kryptonite, take no people If you want to get
0: at Brandon
1: Take his coffee, take his showers So, uh I ended up with uh, my, my best friend's family uh, I, I moved out of my mom's house Because uh, mm-hmm. she was fairly controlling Chock full of love But but, but pretty controlling So I, I moved out Moved out with my best friend And um, His mom was like You know you work so hard For so little Because at this point I'd moved up the ranks I was making $6.50 an hour Yeah, I, sh- I was managing two stores Money, money, money Yeah Six dollars She's like Costco's hiring cart pushers at eight dollars an hour, and you get time and a half on Sunday.
0: Oh,
1: I'm like twelve dollars an hour. What do you do with twelve dollars an hour? <laughs> like that's wild, man. 12 dollars $12 an hour is just crazy talk money. Yeah,
0: it's three times your original pay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I could buy, I could buy a helicopter.
0: One of those mosquito-sized ones Yeah,
1: right So, uh, mind you, this is 1998 And uh, Okay Time's a little bit different A little bit different But uh, When applied at Costco I ended up working there for 22 years Wow, so there Did you just really enjoy Costco then? Uh, Was that paycheck really doing it for you? Well, the paycheck really did it And then it, it felt like there was just a lot of opportunity So Costco at that point was a small company on the cusp of becoming a medium sized company. So, okay. um, the culture was very strong in these California buildings. Cause that's basically Costco was a West coast phenomenon, right? Yeah. So, um, the people that I had is my interviewers, my mentors, they've been with the company for, 20 years, basically since inception. And so they knew what it was like when, Oh gosh, are we going to even be able to keep open the doors to, Oh, Hey, cool. You came just in time. You are going to be relocating from this location to one, about a half mile away. Uh, we're building. It's going to be the 200th location for the company. And so, you know, they, they just were able to talk and teach and just really instill the lore of the company. Like you can go anywhere. You can do anything. If you're flexible with Costco, sky's the limit. And, uh, so, and then everybody was so close. So, you know, that, 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 you know, that brotherhood, I guess that you're looking for because, you know, Costco was always the best. They were the highest paying in the retail sector. They had the best benefits, still do, still do have the best benefits because Marissa works for them. So, okay. still. Which is where I met my wife was Costco. So anyways, um, <laughs> she, uh, uh, should I say she? So anyways, it just really kind of checked off a lot of boxes for me. And so um, I was working for them and then they uh, hit me up because I kept putting in for uh, supervisor manager positions because, hey, I'd gone from a leadership role at Jack in the Box, Taco Bell. And I, mind you, man, I've done a, a boatload of jobs, but like at that point, I, man, at that point I was, I'd left Jack in the Box. I was still working for Taco Bell. I was a, a bread vendor. I was a bread vendor. A vend- bread vendor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it, I would start work at 1 o'clock in the morning and deliver bread till about 7 a.m. And then I would go home, take a shower, sleep for 40 minutes, get up, then go to Costco, be the opening cart person.
0: Oh my gosh. Do
1: carts till 3 o'clock, go home, sleep for an hour or two hours, and then go work at Taco Bell till midnight and close it down.
0: Oh my gosh. See, nowadays, my, my generation um, does not leave me a lot to be proud of currently. There's diamonds in the rough, as they say, but uh, well, even those have been mined out and turned into something at this point because those aren't even left anymore. And everybody, there's these two terms that they're using all the time, and one of them is grind. You gotta go and grind, and they pretend like they know what that means. And you haven't mentioned that word once in the entire time I've known you. And if there's anyone I've met that's had a grind that hasn't talked about it, this sounds like one. It sounds intense. Man, like, here I am thinking, oh, man, I had to work a hard job. And I'm like, no, I got sleep. Legitimate <laughs> sleep. And food. And showers at my place. Like, yeah. Wow. So, where? Did, okay, where did you get your drive? Because people don't just do that usually people have a push or a pull or both did you just
1: you just enjoy work like, man what was it for you so i don't enjoy work i would love to have someone walk See, I feel up like to you're me.
0: lying to me right now
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah maybe a little bit but, but look in theory i want someone to show up with a jumbo jet with with pallets of hundred dollar bills and go here man but you know the thing is is i would not live off that money i'd be like okay well with a billion dollars like i'll take like 20 grand for myself Mm -hmm. i'm gonna take like a week off and go do something stupid in the south pacific
0: yeah
1: and then all the rest of this money i'm gonna i'm gonna go do this I'll, i'll invest here i'll buy here i'll get in the bond market there uh what what if we uh, what if we take an island and develop it? Hey, how about we go to Africa and just pick a section and just bring clean water to everybody? Like that's the stuff I would do. Uh, so I think it's just possibly something internal because both my dads, again, thirty year career Marines, and then each of them had careers after they got out yeah. and worked for another. Geez, they both got out in the mid nineties after having enlisted at seventeen and eighteen. And then they each worked for another 20 to 25 years afterwards. Gosh. So maybe, maybe part of it's inherited, maybe part of it's watched. But for me, it was always, if you don't have the things that you want, then you work to get the things that you want. And then you have what you want. But that, that, that is literally the recipe. That's, that is my recipe. Um, you know, I like to go on cruises. My daughter loves going on cruises. And so, um, last summer, uh, I say a uh, summer of 2022, she went on her first cruise and she was three years old. No, two years old, two and a half. And boy, she talked about that boat. Daddy, more boat. Daddy, more boat. Yeah. You know, it sounds super privileged, but I work really hard. I, I have three full-time jobs. Four, 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 four jobs. So anyways, <laughs> um, I, this guy's working so much, she's losing count of his jobs. Well, it I guess it depends how you want to label something a job. Cause I mean really raising your kids is a job, that's triple full time. And I got, I got two and I am a present father, maybe not as present as often as I would like, but you know, every day I'm there to take them to school mm-hmm. and uh, every night there's story hour. Those are guaranteed no matter what. So we, we read books, we hang out, we do stuff. Um, Today I'm running my uh, down the path to one of her friends uh, is having a seventh birthday party, so we're gonna go down and. Oh, nice, nice. So, anyways, uh, going back to the the drive part, I, I just I'm a firm believer that if you want to provide, if you want to go and do things, you gotta work to earn them. And so, to me, almost it doesn't matter what you do, you you do have to find some job satisfaction, but if you're working with a goal in mind, as opposed to just working to work, I I think that changes everything. Um, have I worked without a goal in mind before? Oh, absolutely. Sometimes you just, you're like, Oh shoot, I haven't really done anything, but just grind. Yeah. Or just, and that's what I think of when I hear that word. If, if I envision the word grind, that's me just literally working in a, a focused hole and not, planning or trying to get out of that groove. You're grinding into a groove. Uh, That's how I view that word, which is why you'll never hear me use it. I I like that. I look at it uh, at grinding is negative for the most part. Um, I don't even know what word I would use. Um, I just feel like (laughs) everything is with intention and purpose for me lately. I've read a couple of interesting articles about trying to at least 20 minutes a day take time to yourself and think good thoughts Uh, it helps with like neuroplasticity and everything else like just trying to create new connections in your brain and y'all I know this makes me sound like a hippie I promise I'm not a hippie but um, I also feel that there's a little bit of science behind it and hey if you sit down and take 20 minutes to yourself a day which I do find incredibly hard by the way it's very hard for me to do this, um, where you're not doing anything else. You're not working, you're not on your phone, you're not checking emails. Um, I have to go to a separate section of the house and I sit in a dimly lit room cause that's what I need for me. Um, and then I focus for 20 minutes, uh, positive thoughts and then think about forward direction, forward direction with intention. So why am I doing this? Is this working out for me? How can I make this better if I do want this to work?
0: Yeah.
1: Um I've done many things that I've failed at and it's always hard cuz I'm like, "Oh, you can't fail, Brandon." But life is about not failing, but about what you do with those failures, which instead of calling them failures, how about earned experience? This was an earned experience for me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Man. I like that. I like that. Okay. When coming to the uh, ends of at least episodes and parts and whatnot, there's um, a question book i got to pull out. So we're going to put pause on this and then probably add to either the end of this recording or to a part two um, the the follow-up question which you got on the previous story with uh, Jackie Parnell. I'm going to see if I can find that. If you got any questions comments concerns or otherwise for me you can find me on any of my socials at pierce parnell that is p-e-a-r-c-e space p-a-r-n-e-l-l pierce parnell i have them all find them find what's most convenient for you contact me with whatever you feel you need to and uh, i will respond personally so we will be back around soon ciao Okay, we're back to add to the actual end of this podcast because we did find the book. We did find the question. um, And this is a question that Jackie Parnell on her story time had that it never really had a sufficient answer. And we're going to put some pressure on Brandon here to attempt answering it. But my mom, she doesn't just ask one question. She puts it out there like this. So I'm going to read over it real quick and kind of summarize what it's saying when someone prays or asks of the lord with sincerity and no doubt and he and the answer is denied specifically a prayer against evil or death by what authority did the evil death succeed so in other words why like let's say i'm sick or i got a friend that's dead where there was a great evil like just somebody stole a bunch of our money and pray against it go away in the name of God I tell you to go away very authoritative stand um, on it and you tell it to go away you cast it out do what you are supposed to do biblically and yet it still just happens and so why was the why did the evil succeed The prayer looked like it was denied. So the answer is denied. It looks as if it's denied. Under what
1: authority did the death succeed? Wow, that's a... That's a loaded question. That is heavily loaded, and there's a... I don't know, coming at it from a a faith-based view, maybe, maybe you didn't pray hard enough. Maybe... Maybe God was uh, attending to other prayers and yours was farther down on the priority list.
0: Let's assume that it's not God that's supposed to answer it. Let's, Because I think the, the angle she would take from this would be God is giving you the power of his speech. Because the only animal, if you want to look at us that way, from an evolutionary perspective, that he breathed into, meaning he gave... His life, too, was a human. Meaning we have His breath, His power, His words. So when we say something's gonna happen, the power of words, everybody's like, the power of positivity, the power of belief. Those are another way of painting the same picture, saying use use the power given to us by a greater power to do what no animal can do. We can speak things into existence. So when we speak, it's denied, but not necessarily by God. So, so, the thought that comes to my mind, not that I'm going to answer this, but to help juggle the brains a little bit, um, is I think of it as a sparring match. Okay? Okay. So, you got God in your corner as your instructor, your teacher. He taught you how to box, how to fight, All right. how to keep your guard up. But he's not going to do the fight for you. So, okay. you're taking his authority, his power that he's given into the ring. And he's still in your corner. So, you can seek him out and go, hey, God... I did what you said. And he goes, no, no, no. You want to watch that left? That's too fast. Stop eating that one. You want a duck to go to the right and take to the gut and donk him out that way. So now he'll give you a layout. He'll answer your prayer. But you're the answer. You've got, to, you've got to take the action. So you get back in the ring with that other fighter and you start fighting. So the thought that comes to my mind is sometimes the opponents we're facing are better at getting KOs than we are because we're like a white belt coming in on a black belt fight that's one of the first things that comes to my mind in that is we're trying to face death and we've never even faced a headache all
1: right so i i, I like where we've gone with this i like god as mickey in my corner and me as rocky right yeah all right i, I like that uh but my concern is is if you run with that that thought process well then it, it absolutely could lead to uh, what was it? it was saying um absolute power corrupts absolutely so you get in your mind that you got God in your corner and you're hearing these things like oh well to wipe out um, all pedophiles you go to you pull it up because you can find that stuff on your phone now and you just go to people's house and you start executing pedophiles to get that Mm. evil out of the world right so but and that's the words that you're hearing that's the that is the the whole problem almost with everything it's 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 God's words as interpreted by not just man but individual men and what their thoughts are on that because I mean if you want to remove great evil in the world and these are unrepentant evil individuals you know uh, a crime of money is still a crime but I'm kind of going for the heavier stuff murderers uh, people that visit actual physical harm on others you know, if, if you take it into your hands to resolve that individually or as a group or as an organization it leads to vigilantism and fanaticism because it is a path. It is a belief. The things that you are doing to rectify this evil require a fanaticism, an utter belief in that what you're doing is right. Yeah, And then what happens when the person in charge Becomes slightly corrupted themselves And they're like they, they do something to Better the organization that they're now Leading oh hey we don't like This guy but if we kill him we get all this money You know he's got a safe with A billion dollars in his house So if we kill him for being a pedophile yeah. When he's not actually then The rude organization becomes evil It, it, it Again requires fanaticism To make that happen yeah. That's my perception yeah, what's your thoughts?:
0: I would say, and now we're taking this question further, but I, I like where this is going, so we're going to go there anyway. because why not That's what a podcast is about. Listeners, let me know if you don't like it because if you don't, well, it's happening anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think one of the big things is like individualistically hearing God, I would that that's what he wants. Because otherwise, everybody needs that pastor, and not everybody can get a pastor. Okay? Okay. And that's a problem. But everybody, with very few exceptions, can get some sort of community. And community doesn't have to be the community that's built for you that you should believe with an echo chamber. To where everybody's hearing the same thing to kill that guy with the billions or billions of dollars. For instance, you're friends with Christians, yeah? Yeah, oh yeah. You're a Christian? No. No. Oh. So they got a community that's a little bit more flexible. So you hear and see things differently, so you provide a counterbalance to these things they're hearing. It's true. Because you would hear God in a different way than they would, because you talk to Him in a different way than they would. But uh, So my, long and short, I'd say your community is what helps you to double check what you should act on that you think you hurt because when you when you hear God you're supposed to just do it according to the Bible you hear God you act on it but God doesn't mind you going hey God was this really you that told me this and it's the people that don't do that that go down or are most likely to go down paths like that and then you go with your community and you go okay God did tell me to do this but when he told Moses to do something he had Aaron Told Joshua to do something. He had the whole tribes following with him. They they had these communities of people that didn't necessarily believe exactly or hear exactly as they did.
1: What about when your community is an echo chamber and it's encouraged to be an echo chamber? And
0: that's here's where I think it's very problematic
1: because I don't.
0: In, it, also in the Bible, it says something along the lines of, you know, two friends is better. It's be I friend. It's good to have good friends. Because a friend is like iron that sharpens iron okay the reason they use the terminology iron is because there's friction and you're shaving away iron pieces from each other when you rub up against each other in echo chamber there's not friction everybody's in agreement you're like a knife laying in a knife block you're nice and safe you're cozy and you're ready to be used and you're sharp enough to be used but you're not sharpening because you're not rubbing up against anything new
1: or an iron similar to yourself but sharpening through the, the friction. Problem is, in my opinion, is a not identified as a Christian is that for the majority of what is being bleeded from podiums anymore, um across all religions is that we must stick together, yeah. our tribe. Yeah. Be with our tribe because they're all trying to bring us down. Mm. What I would offer is what I feel like is a, a regular everyday American that questions is there a God maybe there isn't that's not out there just on one absolute side or the other is that you should be in our community you should get to know those of us that are borderline because uh, I will tell you uh, like I would mentioned earlier I, I have some very good friends that are very good Christians and I love the way that they they don't sit there and oh, you got to come to our church. It's got to be our church. It's got to be our pastor. It's got to be this. The things that they do are are Christ-like. Uh, the way that he administered in, in the Bible, he, they do things the way that he did. And I look up to those people and admire them yeah. because if they don't talk about <coughs> what they do. They, they do what they, they do. do. Yep. Yeah. And I feel like... The doers of the word, not hearers. <laughs> thank you. And that's exactly it. And so, you know, we live in a community that has a, a very deep religious presence mm-hmm. and sometimes some of the stuff that one hears from that community can be discerned as, as, as sort of alarming it's it's very tribalistic in certain aspects and affiliate with, with those of us that are only like us I feel like it, it, it does potentially lead to an echo chamber where you think you're hearing the word of God but maybe you're just hearing the word of everybody else echoing around in your head and it's a self-fulfilling prayer is an, I I'm going to pray to God for this. And then you look for all the signs for it to be a yes, to get what you want. Yeah. And I, again, that's where I feel like if you are not in that echo chamber, if you are around the other people, it might lend one to believe that you're just looking for an answer to your prayer. Yeah. If you want it to be no in your heart of hearts, you're going to find no's. It's the same as putting that positive word out in the universe. If you're looking for a hey, I, I need a sign from the universe that I should be buying a new car and then all of a sudden on the TV a commercial for a new car pops up and the price line that you're looking for, like, there's my sign. There it yeah. is. Right there. I, I should go get a new car. But man, you don't have money and can't make that payment. Yeah. Oh, no. Higher power will provide. <laughs> Okay. Okay, cool. Uh, those are the things that I struggle Carlite with. enjoys that. Yeah. Those those are the things that I, I struggle with in that arena. Yeah. I think,
0: I and I will say, being around a lot of the people that are in those types of communities, they struggle with it too. They, not all of them talk about it, but they, they do too. Their struggle is different because they dress it with different words, but it's the same struggle. All right. What would be your question that you've had pretty consistently over the years that's never had a truly satisfactory answer.
1: (sighs) It's also a loaded question. Who do I want to be when I grow up? No, no, that's not (laughs) (laughs) Tried Jack in the Box, it didn't work. (laughs) You know, that one... That one question, huh? All right. I think for me, as a man, is a man, yeah, is man, is man going to be able to get over himself? Uh, that's, that that's it. Oh, Right. Um, and, and, and where that goes is, you know, we, as far as we're aware, we're alone in the universe. We ha- we're in one spot. Yeah. We've put all of our, uh, all of all of mankind's eggs are in this basket. Yep. And here we are, we, we, we do things that aren't necessarily, no matter what side of the political spectrum you're on, that, that takes care of, you know, the earth. You know, we don't necessarily treat it the way we should to ensure that we will be here for forever, have a, a set home. But But not only that, yeah. there are meteors that come from space like there are, there are the sun sh- throws out an extra crazy corona and burns away the ozone and we all burn to a crisp mankind is locked on earth right now yep. we should instead of fighting these wolves and doing all this stuff why aren't we working together to spread to other planets to ensure that we are not we continuously grow continuously like grow
0: like to say evolve
1: yeah mankind is not evolving and I want to know <laughs> Did we hit
0: a stopping point or are we the stopping point because we have caused it ourselves?
1: Have we cut off our own, you know? Yeah. That's, that's, that's my question. I like that question. Can mankind get over himself enough to ensure that mankind survives forever?
0: Yeah. To grow. At least because like, here's what I will say. I, I like the way you worded that because a lot of people have a similar type of question. Like, why can't we all just love each other? Listen, you haven't been through enough relationships or something because it's not easy to just love people. People have a hard time loving themselves and you want us to love myself and everybody else too? That's a lot of love. Listen, it's tough. It's tough. But the way you worded that, I like that because it's more of, look, you you don't have to love. You got to be able to work with one another. You don't love all your work colleagues. You work with them and you get the projects done. So I like... I like the way you worded that. Think about World War Two. That's, that's I like that.
1: What what we did as a mankind to stop a what felt like at the time is an unstoppable evil. Look how we mobilized. We all the things that were accomplished while violent and incredibly warlike, and millions of lives were snuffed out. That accomplishment in World War Two is pretty damn spectacular. Yeah. The the next accomplishment I want to talk about is going to space. And then we kind of hit a plateau. Yep. Do the powers that be want to keep us low? Doesn't seem to make sense, right? So why why isn't mankind as a whole working together to go through all of our landfills, sort all that stuff out, make sure that's it's properly recycled, and then turn it into engines that can get us to space? Why are we spending money on wars when we should be spending money on science so we can learn how to terraform? Mm. Why are we not on... Mars, the moon, like uh, there should be stages and leapfrogging to what mankind is doing right now, and instead we're still fighting over sand in a desert. <laughs> we we are we know that oil um, is a finite supply. No matter how many trillions of gallons there is, at some point there's no more oil. We're fighting. For something that we already know will be obsolete at some point. Yeah. Why are we not investing in technologies that will help us reach the stars? We we could, you know, uh, hydrogen, all this other stuff that there's so much potential. Nope, we're going to focus on making a better V12 engine. <laughs> I want to go vroom faster.
0: Look, I do get that push, but at the same time, I get what you're saying.
1: <laughs> no, I, I do, man. There's nothing more exciting. Oh, I mean, I... Uh, I got a V8 suburban. It's got headers on it. I love the sound it makes when I step on the gas. But at the end of the day, the end of the day, why are we not doing more? We are limiting ourselves. I want mankind to get over himself. Work together. I don't want to necessarily, like you said, I'm not here to say love your neighbor. No. But work with that mofo. And (laughs) let's let's do something as a community, but making earth the community. Why can't we all work together to to get to that? alpha centauri planet that's 50 light years away why aren't we why aren't we working on you know cryo chambers and all this other stuff that could allow mankind to spread yeah okay
0: i like it i like all right and uh, the last question that we'll end this on is how the heck do
1: you say your last name My dude, I got to get that right. Yeah, it's up it's up to graph. It's literally how it looks. Up to graph. U P D E G R A F F up, up d graph.
0: Up d graph. I'm going to imagine you like a schedule planner that we got to go up <laughs> the graph. Up the graph. I'm going up the graph, bro. <laughs> well, Brandon, it was a pleasure having you on, man. I hope we get a future episode at some point, but for now we'll end it here. Um, and we will pass your question on to the next story time guest. Awesome, I appreciate your time.
1: Hey Pierce, I appreciate, I appreciate you, the man. stories. Thank you, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Awesome.
0: See you, listeners, later. Have a great one. If you decide not to have a great day, don't include me in on it. Ciao.